Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. What if there was a way to make yourself bigger and your problems smaller? Well, Peter Gazzardi is here today to share some universal life lessons inspired by working with some of the most brilliant minds of our time and one of his favorite movies, The Wizard of Oz. He's brought nine emeralds of wisdom to help us live more fearlessly. Are you ready to meet him? Peter Gazzardi is a longtime book editor who's worked with the likes of Stephen Hawking, Deepak Chopra, Carol Burnett, Susan Cain, and Douglas Adams. After 40 years working with authors, Peter realized his lifelong dream to publish his own book. And in May 2019, he released Emeralds of Oz, Life Lessons from Over the Rainbow. Peter's been featured in Publishers Weekly and O, oh, the Oprah Magazine. He lives in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. You can find out more about Peter and his work at petergazzardi.com. Peter, welcome to Out of the Fog. Delightful to be here, Karen. Thank you. So when did you first see Wizard of Oz and what was its effect on you? Well, I was 11 years old. Uh, My family was living in Italy uh, for the first 10 years of my life. We moved back to the States. And that first year, it was 1961, uh, I watched, uh, we gathered around the television, the black and white TV, with like millions of other American families, and watched what coming an annual tradition, the Wizard of Oz, uh, around the holiday season. And what I remember of it was, in a word, fear. Uh, and perhaps that's understated. Maybe it was more like terror. Uh, but it was, I was absolutely terrified by the Wicked Witch of the West and her cackle and her threats to Dorothy and her little dog, too. Uh, and, and of course, the winged monkeys were completely terrifying. Um, that, that So really, my first experience of it was was electrifying, was unforgettable and full of terror. <laughs> I um, also was watching on a black and white television in the 1960s growing up in southwestern Michigan. And I used to hide, you know, there's that scene where she looks into the big crystal ball that's on the floor and the monkeys, are, you know, fly, my pretty <laughs> yes. fly. I would go and hide behind the chair, even though I knew that she could still see me. I always hide, <laughs> I always hid behind the chair. So you're, it is frightening, isn't it? What do you think? draws us to that story well it's it's interesting um the original book written by frank baum was intended was absolutely calculated to not be frightening it was written in a response to the brothers Grimm and their fairy tales their terrifying fairy tales with their their messages their moral messages to us um so he he created a book that was completely designed to entertain 
I said, this is not about teaching kids anything. I just want to entertain them. When it, when that book became the film that we all know and love, uh, the creators of the film at MGM added a, a healthy uh, or maybe even mega healthy a dose of fear back into the film. And, and in, in truth, actually, they left much of that on the cutting room floor. There were scenes that were so scary. The children that they first brought in to watch viewings of the film were so terrified by some of the Margaret Hamilton. Hamilton scenes that they they ended up cutting a lot of those. Oh, I didn't know that. Do you happen to know what they cut or am I going to have bad dreams? Uh, no, they were just uh, they were just she just had a, a bigger part. They were just scary things. I think that. Oh, oh I one one thing that I recall was that uh, she threatened to cut off Dorothy's feet in order to get the ruby slippers. Um, and they they definitely cut that. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so as you watch this and I watch this too, year after year after year, um, it did it become a part of the way that you saw the world, a part of the way in which you kind of shaped your own story? I not consciously. It was just something that we did. We did because the family did it. Uh, but it was years and years later that I had this epiphany after working with all these brilliant people for all those years. There was just this moment where I went visiting a publisher and there was the 75th anniversary edition of the book with this incredible image of Dorothy kind of gazing out, kind of wonderstruck uh, at the, the magnificence of Oz. Uh, and I just looked at this photograph and in that moment, it just, I had this epiphany. It's like, everything I learned from these brilliant people was right there in that film that I first watched when I was 11 years old. And I kind of blurted this thought out to the publisher and he said, boy, I think that's a great book idea. Why don't you write it up as a proposal? Uh, and I did, and he acquired it, and then I embarked on the the long odyssey uh, of uh, of turning a, an idea into a book, uh, which surprise surprise tends to be a little more difficult than you might expect for, at the outset. Well, <laughs> right, but so is that journey. So is that journey, you know, to meet Oz and come back home, right? There's Absolutely. always obstacles along the way, and there's challenges yeah. and beautiful moments and terrifying moments, and oh my goodness, monkeys sometimes. Um, <laughs> so you, I know, have struggled with anxiety in your own life. Can you say a little bit about how you've learn to manage that. And, and maybe if there's an application of some of the emeralds of wisdom to managing things like anxiety, we're living in very anxious times. I think this is an extremely timely book. Yes. I mean, the, the, what I end, I ended up finding 62 pieces of insights and bits of wisdom as I looked really closely at the film, kind of frame by frame. Um, but nine of them kind of stood out because I ended up writing pages and pages about each one of those. The other ones were a page or two, and they're clever and, and cute and, and, and quite insightful. You can, you can learn a lot from them. Things like uh, uh, don't, don't uh, get seduced by pretty poppies um, or Toto means everything. I mean, if you dig into those things, they, they can go pretty deep. But there were these nine big chunks of wisdom that I, I called emeralds. And, and those are really profound. I mean, and, and I think whether the, the creators of the film knew it or not, they were drawing on a lot of ancient themes and, and kind of subconscious themes that are at work in our lives. And in, in relation to anxiety, uh, emerald number six is, is face what you fear. Uh, and I discussed the, you know, the benefits of, of 
fighting that impulse that we tend to have when something's frightening to turn away from it, to slip it under the carpet for another day, uh, but instead to actually look at it and work with it. Um, and one of the techniques that, that works for me is when I start to get anxious about something, I, I, tend, I tell myself, I, I address my anxiety directly. I say, uh, hello, anxiety, uh, my old friend. We know each other well. Uh, and I know that you're trying to do something positive for me. You know, you are alerting me to a possible danger. Uh, and now I'm going to explore what's going on around me and check it out. And if there's not a danger, if this is a false alarm, I'm simply going to thank you for bringing this situation to my attention and uh, give you a hug and ask you to vacate the premises. Uh, and that tends to work. It's like I'm not fighting it. I'm not trying to suppress it. I'm not giving it power by turning away from it. I'm acknowledging the presence of the anxiety, understanding that it has a benefit to offer me uh, under many situations or under some uh, and expressing appreciation and then letting it go. And that as a strategy works well for me. And the other one that, that works well is a more kind of physical technique that I use. I simply, um, it's called square breathing. And I inhale on the count of four slowly, like one, two, three, four. Inhale, hold my breath for a count of four. One, two, three, four. Exhale on a count of four. And then hold my breath at the bottom of the exhale for a count of four. And then do go around the square, the box again, two or three times. And that tends to have a, a very kind of calming physiological effect. Those are beautifully compassionate ways. I think that um, I'm somebody who tends to run anxious too. And, and for me, I know that my own harshness with myself creates more anxiety instead of um, get. So if I'm like, instead of saying, hello, anxiety, my old friend, if I say anxiety, what are you doing here? Get out of here. You're going to ruin everything. <laughs> this is not the time to be anxious. And it just, it, it kind of revs everything up. Yeah. So I'm hearing a lot of compassion, even compassion in the way you're allowing yourself to hold the breath. That's beautiful. Yeah. Create space. Well, and you have touched on emerald number four. Um, we're, we're kind of we're just jumping into the emeralds willy nilly, which is fine. Uh, what I ended up feeling after working with them and working on the manuscript, considering them as this kind of separate entity, uh, I, I organized them along the same path that Dorothy kind of came across them, if you will, or exercise them. Um, and, and what I do now is when I have, when I'm come up with an issue, an issue, oh, it might be something small. I mean, my wife and I might, might have a few harsh words or my teenage daughter might step on my last nerve, or I might be, oh, anxious about giving a presentation. It might, it doesn't have to be something big, it, but what I tend to do now is kind of run through the nine emeralds in the same order that Dorothy did. Um, and I find that the, it tends to have the same kind of you know, magical, if you will, benign uh, effect. It, I, I feel a shift inside myself, either large or small. Um, and whatever issue I'm, I'm dealing just seems more manageable. Um, so it's a little tool that, that I think is better in the Wizard of Oz. Um, there are lots of places we can find them, but that's just an interesting place to have discovered one, I think. 
You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Peter Gazzardi. His new book is Emeralds of Oz, Life Lessons from Over the Rainbow. You can find out more about Peter and his work at petergazzardi.com. So, Peter, if you don't mind, will you say those emeralds in the sure. order in which you work through them? Yes. Um, the first one, now each one is connected to an iconic moment in the film, which kind of helps. You kind of, that, that moment flashes up on the, the screen of your mind. But so the first one is listen to your longing. And this is the moment when Dorothy steps into the Technicolor miracle of Oz. And, oh, no, this is the moment when she steps into the barnyard. I'm sorry. She's mm. still in Kansas. So the first one is listen to your longing. It happens early in the film. And it's an invitation to us, whatever the issue is in our lives, to kind of go a little deeper, go below, you know, what do habitually, what other people might expect of us, uh, and actually tap into our longing. What do we long for? What? outcome do we actually long for in this situation? Uh, it's a great way to begin this quick circuit. Uh, and if you want me to, I can just run through them really quickly, the nine. Yeah, it's I'd love to hear the circuit. Okay. Um, the second one is see the situation as if for the first time. And that's the moment that Dorothy steps into, into, the, into Oz. Um, and she has that look of wonderment on her face. Uh, and this is an invitation to us to kind of remember uh, that, that what, to look at our situation, our experience, whatever, in the moment, to look at it with, with awe and wonder. Uh, the third one is celebrate yourself just for showing up. And this is the moment when, when the munchkins pop out of the bushes <laughs> and celebrate Dorothy with a parade. Uh, and in this moment, as we're making the circuit, we celebrate ourselves just for showing up in whatever the situation is. Uh, and this kind of puts air and joy under our wings as, we're, as we face this obstacle on our yellow brick road. The fourth one we touched on briefly is choose compassion. Dorothy does this again and again. Does this with the, the Tin Man, she does it with the Scarecrow, she does it with the Cowardly Lion. Um, so this is the fourth emerald. The fifth one is realize that you already possess what you desire most. Uh, which is, this is a big theme in the movie. Uh, the cowardly lion is desperate for courage. Uh, but, but you know, he's so funny that he just chases fear out of the room. Uh, the, the scarecrow is desperate for brains, but he's so clever. He's so resourceful. The tin man is desperate for a heart, but he's so emotional. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a funny, it's a comedic way of, uh, children love this aspect of the movie, of teaching us that we already possess, like these characters, what we desire most. Um, six is face what you fear. That's we talked about that. Seven is pull back the curtain and see things as they really are. The iconic moment where Toto pulls it back and we see the wizard is just this this kind of balding man from Kansas. Um, and and this is an invitation to to look at what's going on in our lives without the embroidery of the stories we tell ourselves, which tend to magnify things in an unrealistic way. And eight is you've got the power, you've had it all along, uh, as Glinda tells Dorothy towards the end of the movie. Uh, and it's a reminder to us that despite our tendency to feel powerless, um, which is which is very common and understandable. Um, we we need to be remind ourselves that in whatever situation we're facing, we have enormous power 
to shape that moment, to shape our experience and interpretation of that moment. Uh, and the last one, the ninth one, is there's no place like home. Um, and in this, in this really is a is a return to the place that the longing came from. It's it's a it's a it's an awareness that we are connected. We have this portal within ourselves. Home is really a door into a spiritual place, a place where um, we are connected to each other and to to all things, to this kind of divine energy that that animates the universe. So that's a quick circuit through the the nine emeralds. There's so much application there. I was thinking as you were sharing, there's application there to the big choices we make in our life and the small decisions that we make. There's application there to the way we look at spiritual practice, for example, and in relationship. This applies everywhere. Absolutely. You can you can use it at work. You can use it with the partner, your partner. You can use it really in, in almost any situation that you face. And and these are, of course, not things that I invented or came up with. I mean, this is this is just plain old wisdom, right? We've 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 it's come at us from all kinds of different places in our lives. But but who couldn't use a reminder, you know, <laughs> to tap into these these forces within us and without us? Uh, and the Wizard of Oz kind of is is a wonderful uh, scheme, if you will, or a wonderful vessel um, through which to 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 kind of see the wisdom and to remind ourselves of it, and hopefully to to draw on it um, with regularity, so that it just eases our way, you know, on, on our yellow brick roads. Well, and Dorothy wasn't on the journey alone. And I know you teach that we have guides with us to help us on our way. Can you say a little bit about that? Because it's not just the story about how Dorothy went on the trip, right? There's no, all these people around no. her. Yes. Um, and there are lots of ways to look at that. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you could look at it in terms of, of guides. You could see it as a hero's journey in which Dorothy, uh, answers the call at the beginning of the film and then goes on this odyssey to, and, and through and that the odyssey, she gets help. She gets help, especially from Glinda, but of course she makes wonderful friends. Um, so there is that way of looking at it. Uh, another way that I find really rewarding is to see that, you know, Oz is a dream in the film. Um, and one way of interpreting dreams that, that I find kind of interesting and helpful is that, that we are every aspect of our dreams. We are every character in our dreams, um, which makes sense because we're the ones having the dream. So each one of these, these characters in the dream is an aspect of Dorothy and is a reminder to Dorothy to uh, bring Glinda, bring magic into her life, to touch base with her heart and courage and her brains, to befriend them, to make them allies, um, to face her fears, to acknowledge that there are dark places and aspects of herself that she needs to kind of confront and befriend and 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 dissolve in whatever way she can. So there's just a lot. There's so many different lenses um, one can put on um, and to to look at this film and look at this wisdom. I I just find it kind of endlessly fascinating. Well, and it's a cool way 
let's see if I know the right way to say this. It's a cool way of finding that middle space between our inner journey, the things we think, the stories that we love, the imaginary characters and friends that we have, and our outer journey, who we are in the world as we grow, as we make decisions. This kind of holds that lovely in be- in between place. Do you know that's what I mean? That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautifully put. Yeah, I think that's terrific. Um, that's is that the tenth emerald? I don't know, but that's uh, <laughs> I, I, I love I love that way of looking at it. Yeah. Hey, I got my own emerald. Um, <laughs> can From you now say on, just... it will be the Karen Hager emerald. <laughs> um, can you say a little about how you discovered your your love of reading? Oh, I was. It's it's a it's a kind of classic case of a silver lining. Um, when I was two years old, I I it was the, it was a time when polio was on a kind of global rampage, and I was one of the victims. I was two years old, 1952, and um, I survived thankfully. Uh, and the disease left its mark on me. So when I got older, old enough to read, I turned to books as a way of compensating for my physical limitations. You know, through the pages of the novels that I devoured as a child, I could become I could become as muscular, sinewy, uh, swift as Tarzan of the Apes or, you know, as chivalrous, uh, as noble uh, as Sir Galahad and the Knights of the Round Table. So th- that w- books became my way of, as they do, I think, for all, lots of people. Um, and they don't have to have been sick as children, but uh, books open up the world to to people and children take advantage of that. And for me, it was just an extra uh, motivation, perhaps, to immerse myself in the world of books. Um, and so books, reading kind of became my, my uh, as I'm fond of saying, if, if, if polio was my kryptonite, uh, then reading became my superpower. I mean, then, and then I just got turned that into uh, a professional thing. I became an editor and worked with, with authors on their manuscripts and, and, and used um, my experiences of having read so many books to, to kind of help them figure out what their books were about and how we could shape those books so that uh, the message that they wanted to communicate uh, was most readily accessible. Now, with just a couple minutes left for us, can you tell listeners where they can find the book and how they can connect with you and find out more about your work? Sure. Um, the book is Emeralds of Oz, Life Lessons from Over the Rainbow. And I'm Peter Gazzardi, G-U-Z-Z-A-R-D-I. And if you go to PeterGazzardi.com um, or EmeraldsofOz.com, those are both ways to get to my website where you can learn more about the book. And there's a, some free downloads. There's a worksheet that you can download so you can work on the nine emeralds. Um, you can address whatever issue you are, run it through that process we discussed. Um, and the book is available, uh, should be available in your local bookstore, or they can order it, uh, which is uh, always my first port of call. Mm-hmm. But if you're an online person, you do your shopping online, um, it's available at Amazon uh, or wherever it is that you you might order your books from. What would you most like readers to take away from the from the book? What do you think is the biggest sort of takeaway message of this work? I I think that it's easy to, in this world, which feels, as you were describing earlier, talking about anxiety, it just feels like 
everything is so kind of chaotic and overwhelming. Um, and, and sure, there is chaos and overwhelm going on, but there is also wisdom and beauty. And, and I guess my invitation is to kind of try to make a little shift towards looking for that. When we look for it, we tend to find it. It's like, think about of, of, uh, yellow Volkswagen Beetles and suddenly you'll see a lot more of them. When you're <laughs> looking for the wisdom, when you're looking for the beauty around you, uh, lo and behold, it's going to start coming to the fore. It's going to start having more of an effect in your life. So just a little shift of consciousness towards towards what's what's beautiful and what's wise in the things that I'm experiencing every day. Peter, thank you so much for being on the program. It was a lot of fun to talk to you. Oh, it was delightful to be on with you, Karen. A pleasure. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. That's Peter Gazzardi, and his new book is Emeralds of Oz, Life Lessons from Over the Rainbow. You can find out more information about Peter and his work. You can download that worksheet and get your sample chapter at petergazzardi.com. That's P-E-T-E-R-G-U-Z-Z. A-R-D-I.com, PeterGazzardi.com, or EmeraldsofOz.com. And of course, you're always welcome over at KarenHager.com. It's a great place to find out about what's coming up next on this radio program, and also to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session with me if you are so inclined. And if you believe, as I do, and as we were just talking about, that that little shift of confidence, of, of conscious, I guess of confidence too, that little shift of perspective, looking at things in a different way can change everything. If you believe that, I guide you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. That's the website for the free monthly guided meditation that my wife and I put out there in the world on the first Sunday of every month. That's free and open to people from all over the world. We gather in that space to spend 50 15 minutes focusing on peace, no selling, no yelling, no politics, no polarization, no nothing except people from all over the world coming together to focus on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. You can get details about that at openpeacefulheart.com. There are also a ton of archived guided meditations at that page. I was hearing from somebody the other day who was saying she has a hard time going to sleep at night, and so she plays one of those <laughs> meditations to put her to sleep. Use those in whatever way serves you. The goal is to create something that creates that shift of perspective that makes the world a better place. Thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. <laughs>